Yo, what it do? Big Mel here, who is Royal Grant. Happy Friday to everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Y'all staying safe. Y'all staying cool. Y'all staying sane. Mostly sane, but safe also, because I do not want anybody to get sick. So, how's hopefully how my peeps are doing. You know, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Rugrat71 and on Twitter at WhoIsRugrat. So I'm gonna be work. I'm working now on the blog site at whoisrugrat.net. That's coming soon. So get ready. Uh, as of today, it's now five twelve Texas time. Uh, so it's about six twelve. If you live in New York or D.C., it's only three o'clock. A little after three o'clock. If you live in Oakland or L.A. But anyway. As of today, right now, at this moment, of course, keep in mind, um, these statistics from the Center of Disease Control uh, update every 20 minutes. But as of today, there are 661,000 confirmed cases of the coronavirus in the United States. We are now the leader, the leading country in the coronavirus epidemic. 661,000 cases and over 33,000 dead. Now you would think with all this that's going on, you would think that every little bit of help, every little bit of support, every little thing that we could do to help one another at this time of need and help would be appreciated. But, you know, once again, racism seems to find a way to sneak its ugly head in there and make its presence felt here. So, the case in point, we are going to go to Cook County, Illinois, Chicago in particular. Now, in Chicago, there is a big crisis because now Cook County Jail which is one of the larger county jails in the country. It's not as big as the one here where I live at Harris County. It's one of the largest county systems in the country, prison, prisoner-wise. But the point is, right now, ground zero for the coronavirus is the penitentiary, the prison system, the, the jail system. And if there's anybody out there that's listening to this program, if you have a relative or a friend that's currently incarcerated in a state, or county or federal prison system. This is the real deal, folks. It's in the system, folks. It's not out. It's no longer just an outside thing where we can observe from within. It's in the system. And, you know, it's kind of obvious how it could work because you got to understand something. I've been in the penitentiary system, so I can, I know this for a fact. You know, something like the coronavirus can easily spread in a system in a, in a setting like that. Why? Because you got 40, 50, 60, 70, anywhere upwards of 100 people in a, in a, in a room probably the size of your living room with a kitchen in it. Okay, now keep in mind most uh, prisons don't have, uh, jails, jail dorm rooms don't have kitchens in them, but you get the point. You take the, you take your average uh living room add your kitchen space to that okay it's not a lot of it's not a lot of space now slap a hundred folks in there and see what happens 
You got body heat and funk for days. Now, just imagine if you got one or maybe two people in that dorm that got a disease, a communicable disease like the coronavirus, and you can see just how dangerous this could possibly be. And they just can't just up jump and walk out the cells. No. One person can infect an entire dorm room with a disease, and it could cause a whole lot of problems. But the point I'm bringing up is this, and I bring up Cook County Jail is the fact that their the state that the governor of Illinois is spending 1.7 million dollars on personal protective equipment for the jail for the prisoners and for the staff because right now at Cook County Jail there are hundreds of people in there that are currently infected along with at least 200 officers. Now, you just think about how dangerous that is. All those people in a confined space like that, and then you got one or two, two or three people in there that's infected with coronavirus. We're talking hundreds now. In a jail of tens of thousands. And you think about how dangerous this could possibly be. I know in the Texas Department, TDC right now, TDCJ, there's at least two dozen cases of the coronavirus system. But it's not, we're not talking about two or three dozen people. We're talking about hundreds of people with this infection. Now, the reason why I bring this up is that um, the governor of Illinois, um, J.B. Pritzker, had taken $1.7 million worth of tax money and decided to go buy personal protection equipment from China. Now, okay, I wouldn't have a problem with you, Mr. Pritzker, with all due respect to your office. I wouldn't have a problem with you spending tax money on personal protection equipment for people at Cook County Jail, buying it from China. But here's the problem I have with it. There's actually a, co a company outside of Ch in Chicago named Omar Medical Supplies. They've been in business for a little over 20 years, and they provide plastic gloves and things like that. Now, you would think that this company has been around for over 20 years. They have hundreds of clients, and they buy masks by the tons of thousands. Now, you would think as big as the situation is in, in, in not just in Cook County, but in Illinois, period. Illinois has over 25,000 confirmed cases of the coronavirus. And we're not just talking about the whole state. We're just talking about just Cook County Jail. Now, you would think with all the stuff that's going on in Cook County Jail, you would think that uh, Governor Pricker would be calling this company. No. Not one phone call, not one letter, not one anything has been sent to Omar Medical Supplies. Now, according to um, Vetris Boyce, who is one of the advisors for uh, Dr. Willie Wilson, who's the founder of Omar Medical Supplies and is the CEO of Boyce Enterprises, who is a consulting firm that works with them. He contends that they they called the mayor of Chicago. They've called the governor. They've called all these people to let them know, hey, we got the supplies you need. No calls, no letters, no nothing. But then they find out that Governor Pritzker is going to spend one spent one point seven million dollars worth of taxpayer money 
to go buy personal protection equipment from China. First of all, let's let's think about something. Hold on. There's two problems I have with that. First, the problem is, isn't that where the damn virus started in the first place? Was China? Now, granted, let's keep in mind, this virus didn't start in the States and go overseas. It started in China. That's where it started at. Now, granted, China has cleared itself from the coronavirus, but now the rest of the world's suffering. The rest of the world is now having to deal with what they've done. So you're going to take taxpayer money, money that people, we taxpayers have given you, instead of taking it on a local company that's been in business for over 20 years, that's right there in Chicago, that can get you those supplies in a matter of hours. You're going to spend that taxpayer money, go all the way to take your fat self to China to go buy medical supplies there. Now, you can come up with all the excuses you want to come up with, okay? But I smell racism. I mean, there's no, there, you have no excuse to tell me that you can get personal protection equipment in your home city within a matter and sometimes in a matter of hours to your, to your local facility. And it's created right there in the city, creating jobs in your city. But you would rather take the taxpayers' money and spend it in China. First and foremost, anything coming out of China going to take weeks to get back to the States because you've got to think, anything coming out of China is going to be checked, double-checked, triple-checked to ensure there ain't no coronavirus on it. So they got to take it. It don't matter whether they come on a ship. It don't matter whether they come on a plane. It don't matter if it come by uni by unicycle. Anything coming out of China is going to be checked. They're going to make sure that everything on there is clean and safe, that there's no traces of the coronavirus or nothing. So they got to unpackage it, check through all that stuff, check the manifest and everything else. I've done this before. I've, had, I've actually done this for a trucking company some years ago. So I know about checking the manifest to make sure what's on there is on there. There's a procedure you have to go through. So they got to take all that stuff out, make sure that everything is clean and safe, make sure that everything that's supposed to be on there is on there, put all that stuff back in the packaging, and then stuff, and then ship it right back to the next port. Keep in mind, there ain't no ships you can put on, You, can, you there ain't a ship you can take that can get you straight from China straight to the States. You got to go different ports of call, and each different port has its own protocol. But anything coming out of China is going to be checked thoroughly. To make sure that there's no coronavirus or any traces of it. Okay? So, you think about it. The procedure that it's going to take to get from China, to get to the United States, and to the, and of course, the nearest port to Chicago would either be New Orleans, New York, or Miami. Then, once it gets here, it's going to get checked again. Then, by the time you go through all those checks, they repackage everything again. Then they put it on a truck and then put it on a manifest. It might make the Chicago. Guess how long that's going to take? Three, maybe four weeks. Minimum. Three to four weeks. You already got hundreds of confirmed cases in your jail. You willing to risk that? 
When you got somebody that's right there in your local home city that can get you supplies in a matter of hours, but you're going to risk three to four weeks of waiting time because you don't want to deal with them? Now, I don't care what you call. You can call it what you want to call. You can call you can save you can call it saving a few bucks. You can call it being frugal, whatever your case. I smell racism. I'm sorry. I smell racism. You can call it what you want to call it. You can say whatever you want to say about it. Ain't no excuse for it. I'm sorry. And there ain't no excuse you can give me that's gonna that I'm gonna buy. Okay? That would be stupid enough. I've got a starving family. I got a I got a, a company here that's willing to cook me some food and give me some water that's right down the street from me. But I'm gonna go way over here to New York City to get it. I'm putting everybody in my family, including myself, in danger. Like I said earlier, the prison system is ground zero for the coronavirus. And considering how packed the system is, considering that all the people that are in are in confined spaces, something like the coronavirus could spread like wildfire in the system and affect the inmates, it could affect the personnel. Everything that walks in there could be affected. And you have the opportunity to protect your crew, your your co your workers. You have the the opportunity to protect your inmates right there in Chicago, but you choose to go to China instead. So now you're risking three, four, maybe five weeks. People could be dead by then. But anybody knows the history of Chicago knows that for a black person. Chicago's probably the worst place to be right now. Everybody want to say, well, I don't want to be in the South. Oh, the South is full of racism. They hung people in the South. They made my people work in the fields in the South. Okay, granted that. You're absolutely correct on all accounts. But I can truthfully say that we done come a long way from my ancestors hanging from trees down there in the South. We done come a long way where my ancestors were working their fingers to the bone on them slave plantations. We didn't come a long way from Gone with the Wind and Life and all them movies. We didn't come a long way from that. Now, granted, there's still parts of the South you don't want to be in. Like Vida, Texas is one of them. There's still parts of Mississippi that won't serve black people. I've heard many stories of that. There's still parts of the South that are just as racist then as the, now as they were then. But again, we didn't come a long way. Places like Montgomery, Alabama. Places like Biloxi, Mississippi. Places like Atlanta, Georgia. Places like uh, Orlando, Florida. Like North and South Carolina. Like Arkansas. We didn't come a long way. But anybody that knows anything about history knows that Chicago is just as racist then and now as is any city in the South. Everybody knows that for a black person, Chicago, Illinois is probably the most dangerous city to be in. The only cities that are more dangerous to black people than Chicago, Illinois is maybe uh, Oakland, California and Baltimore, Maryland or D.C. That's probably uh, horribly dangerous. Now, we all know the history, of course, of places like Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. 
But Chicago has a long, long, bad history with racism. Everybody knows that their police force is corrupt to the core. You know, it's worse to be black in Chicago than it is to be anywhere in the South. And it's crazy that this is the same city that had a three-term black mayor. This is the same city that had uh, uh, two black people that were representative, representatives of Chicago. One of them was Jesse Jackson's son. It's kind of crazy that this is the same city that had a senator, a two-term senator out of Illinois. And that same two-term senator years later would become the president of the United States. This is the same city that is the headquarters of the Nation of Islam, headed by Louis Farrakhan. This is the same city that had more black people gunned down by corrupt police officers than any other city in the, in the Union. So I'm not surprised that the governor there would go to China rather than go to a black person who owns his own company because that's not something they see all the time. Most of the time they see black people, they in gangs or running the streets while they don't expect to see people running around actually having things. They don't expect that. So what this, what Governor Pricker did, I'm not surprised that. That's Chicago in a nutshell. But I will say this. If I had a relative that was working in Cook County Jail or an inmate that was an inmate there and they end up catching the coronavirus, I would sue the hell out you. No if ands, buts, or maybes. I would sue the hell out you. I would sue you. I would sue the state. And I would sue your whole damn family. By the time I get through tying y'all up in the litigation, your children's children would be paying me. Because it does not make sense that you would spend taxpayer money that I'm paying my taxes on to go to China to go get personal protection equipment when you got somebody there in the city of Chicago that can get to you in a matter of hours. I don't care what excuse you can come up with. You can come up with any excuse you want. It ain't going to fly. That's racism. You can call it what you want to call it. You can say what you want to say about it, but I know what the truth is. History proves proves my point. Now you would think that in a time like this, in a moment like this, that these kind of things would not be going on. But again, once again, I'm obviously wrong. Obviously, this proves that racism don't take holidays. Racism doesn't take breaks. That no matter what the situation going on, racism somehow finds its crazy way to rear its ugly head into, into a situation. So my prayers are to the people, to the to the inmates of the Cook County Jail, to the workers there at the Cook County Jail. And I pray for the governor's heart and for the mayor's heart there, because apparently something wrong with this picture. You say you care about the citizens of Chicago and you care about the citizens of Illinois. Well, you got a show screwed up way of showing it. You got a company right there in Chicago that's willing to provide personal protection equipment and off and gave you tens of thousands of pieces of personal protection equipment on his own dime. And you still wouldn't work with him. You still decide to take the taxpayer money and haul your fat ass on a plane to China. Yeah, you can call it what you want to call it. I smell racism. I'm sorry. You can call it what you want, wherever you want. You can say he's trying to save a few bucks. Those few bucks cost you more and more money in the long run. 
Because trust me, if people end up dying in the, in the, in the Cook County Jail, inmates die in there, if workers die in there, guess, who, who, guess who's going to be responsible for it? You are. That blood's going to be on your hands. I wouldn't want to be you right now, Governor. I wouldn't want to be you. Because you're going to have the blood of tens of thousands of inmates on your hands. You're going to have the blood of thousands of workers on your hands. And anybody else they end up infecting during their time there or when they're released. That blood's on your hands, Governor. Think about it. That blood's on you. That ain't on nobody else. Because you wanted to save a few pennies. You didn't want to deal with the black man and a black man company. You didn't want to, you didn't, your pride wouldn't let you spend the taxpayer money with a black owned company. You'd rather go all the way to China to get PPE equipment somewhere else a little bit cheaper. Yeah, you could, you probably going to save a few pennies. In fact, you're going to probably save a whole lot of them. But what's it going to cost you in the long run? What's it going to cost you in the end? Better yet, how can you sleep at night knowing that you got the souls and the of tens of thousands of inmates and thousands of workers on your watch that could end up dying while you waiting for three to four weeks or more for a shipment of PPE equipment from China? That's going to be on your hands. That blood's on you. But, again, I, I just, I, I don't get it. Racism somehow just tries to find a way to rear its head in a situation like this when we need to be together, when we need to be working together, praying together, helping each other to try to get through this scenario. And I just pray that we won't let the ugly actions of one man or a group of people cause the deaths and the injuries of thousands and thousands of people. We need to pray for Chicago right now, guys, more than ever before. We need to pray for the inmates of the Cook County Jail. We need to pray for the workers of the Cook County Jail. We need to pray for every prison guard, every prison nurse, every uh, everybody that works in the prison system, the counties on the city level, the county level, the federal level, the state level. We need to pray for every inmate. Now, I know some of the other, well, they're in the jail. They're getting what they deserve. Well, the Bible tells me in Hebrews to remember those in prison as if you were there with them. Now, that's what it says. I didn't put it in there. The Bible it says it in the Bible. But more importantly, we need to pray for the governor's heart. That he get a change of heart. That he can move that pride and fear out of the way and help the people of Cook County and not just his own pocketbooks. But anyway, that's my two cents worth on it. I got the source from uh, the We Buy Black uh, website. You can check it out for yourself and get all the more details on it. But we also need to pray for, um, for Omar Medical Supplies, that God will open a door where they can get you know, the respect that they deserve as a company. That they'll get the opportunities that other companies are getting. And for all the black businesses out there. That we need to support our own. And we need to help our own. You know, we need to do it. But anyway, I'm done. I'm through with this. I'm about to call it a day.
Y'all have a blessed weekend. Let's love each other. Let's take care of each other. Because we all we got. Anyway, Big Mel. Peace.